Hello, 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 and welcome to my humble opinion podcast. I am your host, Chef Sharon, and I gotta listen. I gotta apologize. I gotta just put it out there from the start. I have not been with you guys for a few weeks. We're not who's counting. We're not gonna count how many weeks, but I've been gone. A uh, lot going on again. I am still here in Kansas City, uh, still doing some stuff. Was training for a job. Just a lot going on, and so. I got to send my apologies to you guys because I know y'all have been waiting on my opinion. So um, I'm just going to jump right on into the uh, what they're not talking about. But today I'm doing a little different. Say hello to the people, Drew. Hey, hey, I am back. Man, <laughs> I, I miss being here. It's been yes. a long time. I shouldn't have left. left. <laughs> <laughs> yes, my little big brother, Drew. Um, I got him in the house with me because what they're not talking about is a couple stories that I wanted to talk about that I'm not seeing just going viral and being broadcasted all over the place that I feel like we should be talking about. And um, I think, you know, he's the perfect person to talk about these uh, stories with me. So instead of me doing it by myself today, I brought um, one of my favorite people in. And our first story comes from uh, New York. Uh <laughs> Excuse me, sorry, y'all. Uh, it comes from New York, and it's about a blessing. Box. Um, yeah, it, the, the, uh, yeah. I I just got stumbled over my words there. <laughs> a blessing but, box. Okay, now, is it for sale? Like, give me some background. No, listen, listen, listen. The blessing box is truly a blessing. Um. There's a man named Roman um, Espinosa, and he lives in New York, and he decided to put what he's calling a blessing box in his front yard, and it is full of food and, you know, products like maybe shampoos, uh, toothpaste, but he put it, he built it himself, and it's no lock on it. And it's in the front yard, and it's for anybody who is in need to come by and take what they need out of there. So his neighborhood, his community doesn't have to go hungry. And the community has supported and rallied around this whole effort and project. And they are actually bringing food to put in there. He'll come out, and it's like he rarely has to fill it up because the community members have come and just put stuff in this box. And um, I think I personally, my humble opinion is that this is one of the most amazing uh, things that humane things that someone could do for their community, for, you know, to serve the people that they live among. What do you think about this, Drew? Um, I think it's a it's a special, uh, special project, like on an individual level. And I'm glad he's getting attention for it Uh, over the past I think it was about five years ago I saw a similar story um, and it was, you know, it was presented as like kind of like a life hack type thing on how it was like a little thing I watched where it was how to build one of these type of boxes and what it could be used for. And the idea was like you could put books in it, you could put food, you could do all these different things. And I remember sharing the story on Facebook and then a friend of mine called up and said, hey, I think we're going to put one in front of our building. 
And so then we start finding individuals that could help build one. And they put it in front of their building, which was across the street from two housing projects in, in Tulsa. And the the it just the box, they filled it up. And it was always non-perishables, you know, and we were having a meeting at, at her place once and I watched, you know, people come and she put uh, some cans of tuna in there. She was really, really nervous because she was like, if they don't get them, I got to then take them back out tonight or whatever. But within 20 minutes, every, you know, people came and got things out. And it's a dignified way of just grabbing helpers. Like it's not it's not a toxic charity in the sense that no one's going to be able to feed their whole family out of there. But sometimes it's the small things. Like sometimes you can go to the store and you can afford meat, but sometimes you can't afford the other part, you know, like the, the sides. And so I love it. I love the idea that it helps other people in the community, even, you know, not have to be uh, associated with the larger organizations, especially living in the in society now where most people don't trust religious organizations which still are the large you know like distributors of food pantries and things of that nature and so uh this this is one of those ways where a community takes care of itself and so i believe in the parish model of you taking care of your community and so yes. i love it i love it that's yes i love it too and i i would love for more people now he did say article that he is getting uh lots of requests for people to for him to make those um for him to make those boxes for other people for their communities and stuff and i think that's i think that's super amazing and i think more of us should not talk about it but be about it like him it doesn't take a lot you know um you see people who have food pantries all the time with food that's just collected dust, food that they're not going to eat, that they don't want, you know, and it would, you know, when I think of even the homeless population, um, you know, people that may not just, they may not have access, you know, to food, that this was just, this is a great thing. So moving on to the next story. One, one, real quick though, one thing I do, I, I do want to suggest anyone who's feeling inspired by, uh, by this, Check with your local city and make sure there's no city ordinance against such a thing. And also check with your neighborhood associations before you put something like that up. Because anytime you want to do good, you want to be above reproach. And you and trust me, the enemy, some somebody's gonna try to come against you on that. So make sure you got everything ready. That way you don't have to get weary and well doing. All right. Just want to put cool. that disclaimer out there. No, that's I'm glad you said that. Seriously. Um Atlanta next story now listen I ran across this and I'm excited because I live in Atlanta so do you um, you you know what (laughs) (laughs) no I live in Riverdale okay (laughs) same thing but um, (laughs) I suspect you in Kansas City more than Atlanta we all can't do it though we all all don't have the means to be such a national traveler I live a privileged life, a privileged life. That's all that is. Everyone's not able. Yes. But <laughs> okay, so Atlanta has seven acres of vacant that they're about to turn into the largest free food forest in the country. Can you imagine that? So I don't, you know, I, I need to do some research to see if there are any more in other places. And I have seen cities 
where you could walk down the street in certain neighborhoods and they literally have food growing. Like, you know, like where you have your sidewalk, someone's yard, what someone's yard, the sidewalk, and then there's that strip of land or grassy area right before you get to the curb in the street, right? Right. Well, in that area, I've seen trees being planted, like lemon trees, apple trees. You know, I've seen in the, the ground part, maybe cabbage growing and different stuff like that. And that food is available for that neighborhood to just have, you know. I've seen it on a small scale like that. But this is seven acres. And if you look at the plan that they have, I'm just going to, like, uh, name some of the stuff. They have, like, they're going to have, like, an outdoor classroom. Um, there's going to be this one area for fruit and nut. It's like fruit and nut tree grove. There's going to be a fragrant flower and herb garden. Uh, it's just the the structure, the way they have it all set up and planned out, like the drawing of the plants. It's going to be a gorgeous, beautiful place. Seems like it's going to be a tranquil place, a place people can hold events and do things, but it's free food. So for me, okay, it's like offhand, it's like, oh my God, that sounds like an amazing project. Now, this is what I wanted to ask you about your take on it because they're saying free food um, for us, right? right? It's gonna cost to build this. It's going to cost a lot of duck. It actually, the conservative fund, the, it, um, Basically, it was sold to Atlanta for $157,000 or no, $157,000 you know, whatever. So, $1,000. So, that's a lot of, that was just for the land. Now, to build it, so when we look at a project that's so expensive, what does this really look like in reality? I, I think anytime it's a, mun- a municipal kind of thing, like you got to look at it as, um, in theory, you got to say something like it's free, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be within the limitations. Um, this definitely not going to be like a, an open park. I'm pretty sure it's going to have hours of operation. Um, and it's not going to be what we with what it would seem to be like you can pitch it one way but then you get there and you realize that it's you know i'm pretty sure they'll start having farmers markets there and other things um you know it won't be just this utopian of you know like play type place where everybody can come in and that's just me being negative like just because i know that cities are out to make money they're not out to lose money and so there has to be a, another angle that we're not seeing. Uh, Tulsa just recently opened up a free, huge park, but there's so many different ways that the city is making its money back off of it. And so, um, you know, it's kind of just, I, I don't, I don't know what it's going to look like. I can say this much from, from, I hope that someone is monitoring and making sure that, and I say this about all levels of gentrification, even this level, right? That there's gentrification with justice. That if you have something of that nature that you don't take individuals who are, uh, I won't, I can't say indigenous because they're not Native Americans, but people who who are already on, you know, like who frequent that area 
who are already like naturally just around. Hopefully they don't feel isolated or made to feel as though they're no longer welcome. Because when you start doing things of that nature, it does attract a different type of crowd. And so it, it, it may change uh, some things. So mm-hmm. that's the way I look at it. But for the most part, if it could be what that description is, like this yeah. where a homeless man could come get an apple, the only thing I would say is like, wash it off first or something or whatever, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, whatever you got to do. But like the concept of like a community garden at the city takes care of and 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 the people get a chance to reap the benefits and if no one plucks it off and it goes to the food bank and it gets distributed out or turned into jams and jellies or something like all of those things would be great if that's the case if that's you know what i'm saying but what's the end game on uh, on how do you take care of this what's it going to cost the city all those different small details makes this plan a little less romantic to me yeah, and that's the thing because when I first uh, read about it, I was like, "Oh my God, are you serious?" And then it just kind of had to hit me. We live in the capital city. What makes you think that that kind of money is being invested into something? So it kind of, like you said, it stole the romance from it. But the reality is, is that this is still has the potential to be something great. You know, to be something very beneficial to the people. Um, you know, but we do understand that stores sell fruits and vegetables. They don't want to compete with free. Um, then you also have the aspect of people who would, it would definitely have to be regulated. You don't want uh, people to um, be able to have too much access, which I don't think that that's actually a problem, would be a problem where people would take what is free and try to start selling it, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah, I didn't even think of that angle. That's a good way of thinking about it too, because people will do that you know? okay i'm definitely gonna be looking out to see the outcome of this and you know what where where they go with this because it would be great to be for like you said our homeless population working poor to have access to things that they you know healthy foods and stuff that they wouldn't normally have access to um otherwise so let's uh keep on the lookout for that story and um others like this i love talking about what they not talking about and thank you drew for being a part of this segment with me for the first time but listen drew's hanging in there with me we got another uh our next segment you know you know my let's talk about it i got some things on my mind and i got an opinion i'm ready to express and he's gonna um we're gonna uh get in here and get this conversation going so hanging there with us we'll be right back Uh, so we are back and I got a few things on my mind listen <sighs> I'm exhausted I don't even want to I don't even know where to start with this I just want it's, it's just a couple of things that are going on in in the media right now right? you know and it's like, I try not to do the whole what they talking about thing you know I try not to do the whole talking about what everybody else is talking about unless it's you know I mean when it comes down to entertainment news you know kind of stuff unless it's just really important and for this first story I'm just gonna say like this mind your business find something to do you got something going on in your own life that matters that needs all your energy and attention this ain't it little Nas X now, 
this young man was the highlight of everybody's life with that old town road. What is, is it old town road? See, I'm you know I'm old. Y'all know at 45 I don't keep up with what these kids is doing nowadays. But this song, because I got like teenage uh, little cousins and stuff, and they playing this song and they and I'm hearing it and it's like okay, you know, he was everything. But on the last day of Pride, he comes out and says that he's a part of the LGBTQ community. And all H-E double hockey six breaks loose. Now, before I just start really going, because I know y'all hear the exhaustion in my voice and the tiredness. Um, before I just get into why I'm tired and exhausted, Drew, do you have anything to say? <laughs> Like, do you know, um, are you aware of this story here? I'm aware of it. And here's the thing about it. I I, I get why he said it when he said it. And it, it's his own personal preference. I feel like the part that disappointed me, and this is the part where it's like, I need to mind my business. I think I'm not disappointed that he came out as gay. That's That's his nature. But for me, I think the part that disappoints me the most is the marketing strategy behind it. Like we're going to wait till the last day of pride month. We're going to wait till you've got, you know, you know, you've got other product for them to buy other than old town country road out. And we're going to drop this information. And it's like, okay, right when he could plateau, boom, here's more information. Now, here's another segment of the population that will consume my music that maybe normally wouldn't have because now consuming my music represents pride support. And, you know, I feel like he's like a marketing machine, like this whole from the beginning, the marketing machine behind him just works so well because from the beginning, like the the controversy of, oh, we're going to put this on the country charts and the country and country people are going to be upset about it. And so, like, he's just had issue, you know, controversy, and then now it's this. So I felt like this, uh, him coming out could have been something that he could have expressed in any other time. And, it, and apparently there's a song where he makes it more clear, but he also doesn't make it clear. And um, so I just felt like it was just, a, it, it was cheapened. I feel like when people come out, it's uh we still live in a day and age where it needs to be something that's it's i know we're push people want to say we need to push past it and people coming out needs to be a normal thing i don't think we need to fool ourselves into thinking that so quickly it is still an anomaly and because it is there still needs to be people celebrating it people still need to be able to kind of walk through this process um and, you know, and, and be accepted and be loved. And that's kind of what I feel like pride represents. It's just this idea that you won't be shamed. But if we start trying to normalize it too quickly and the emotions and the feelings aren't behind it, I believe then you end up subjecting people right back into these obscure, unsafe places. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm actually happy he came out. I just was kind of turned off a little bit by the yeah the tactic yeah the tactic yeah okay and you know what you just brought out a whole nother angle for me I didn't look at it for marketing and I didn't look at it from the perspective you know because when he did do the country song it did seem like a lot of um 
you know, like I'm going to get attention this way kind of thing. I'm not saying that he did the whole coming out to, for attention, but that is, but that is an angle to look at it from as far as marketing strategy and everything and the, um, the convenience of that uh, with that deal. I didn't even think of it like that, but what I'm more, uh, my angle is like, I'm less concerned about him, his tactics. And, and, I, and now that you brought that out, it does kind of, bring to mind it's like okay so you are part of that community but I feel like you you kind of use the community in the the state that it's in right now to capitalize and that part makes me feel some kind of way about it like I don't think I like it like that like are you you know what I'm saying but my part is that no we've not come all the way and yes there is still a fight but that community, the, the 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 that particular community has come far, has achieved a lot um, in in their fight, but our ignorance is still exists, and that's still yes. the fight because I don't like the responses that I'm getting, that I'm seeing. I don't like the tweets coming from different people. Like I think it was Little Boosie that said, "Now we know what he was uh, doing on that old town road." Or, you know, or whatever, and then it had the little uh, eggplant and something that you know, and then I I seen one it, uh, where I was like the character was bent over and it was like soreness in the it, it was just very gross and derogatory, and so my thing is why are we still hurling out foul insults and foul language and you know dehumanizing gestures and stuff like why is that still have why is that okay why if you don't have it you know like your mom used to say if you ain't got nothing good to say don't say nothing at all that's that man's business if you're not a part of that and you don't relate to it and you don't support it keep it moving walk somewhere else get on the other side of the street no you know what I'm saying like you don't have to take out the time to find the filthiest sexual uh you know comments and you know, you don't have to do that. You can just leave it alone. You don't have to make fun of someone or put them down or, you know, um, just make foul whatever of their situation. Are these are real human beings with real feelings, and they really have had to fight for their validation. I, th- I think toxic masculinity at the core of what toxic masculinity is about not about i'm talking deeper than the boys can be will be boys thing Mm -hmm. which is like a subjective argument you could have as to what that means but this is a deeper misplacement of our sexual identity and i think for me one of the things that that leads to this toxic nature when it comes to the way the male views himself sexually and the way the male views uh and this may seem like it's going a little bit deeper than the conversation will warrant, but the the concept of how we have, as men view penetration, how we view ourselves, how we view any, like it leads to these derogatory things because at first it was just derogatory statements toward women, demeaning things said toward women. And now as soon as a man comes out as gay, they put then that man in that, like in that same negative toxic attitude that they have toward women and we tend to do and it takes a long time for you to grow up mature and check that within yourself 
and be honest. But that, that, that's just my angle on it. And I think that's why he's caught so much flack because everyone has just automatically assumed, you know, like you said, the nature of majority of the derogatory jokes put him in a position where like all of a sudden he's, you know, it went from just this is a part of his private life, let's respect it, to now all of a sudden it's about the actual sexual act. And yeah. that's that's just, like I said, it's just that toxic masculinity that needs to be addressed at the core. And I think a lot of it is the result of just the very nature of how we form our sexuality, some of the negative things that have been taught um in all segments of society just from everywhere from the intake of pornography to the uncle telling you how you're supposed to live to mishandling of biblical references um all these different cultural things that have been passed down the wrong way all these things contribute to us not being in a place where this is why pride month people get mad and say well why does pride month have to exist this is the reason why because People don't know how to process minding their business and letting someone work things out with God or letting someone have their own sexuality. Like everything has to be public and everything. You shouldn't have an opinion on this, man, nor should you have a joke about it. Because uh, if you would have came out as straight, I don't think a bunch of people would have said. <laughs> right. That's exactly. Come out of straight. But, you know, because the automatic assumption is that he's he's straight. And so it didn't matter what his lyrics said. It didn't matter about any of these things. And now I'm interested to see in really in all of this from some of those uh, communities like the homophobic communities that exist or some of the communities that just still don't want to know anything about these communities. um, Will they be pulling this innocent music off of the off of their children's playlist? Because he's performed at schools, he's done all these different things for kids. And I want to know, like, is he now going to still be accepted in some of those environments that he was openly accepted in before? Um, You know, he was being used as a poster boy for, oh, we're not racist for a lot of country people, country music fans to say, well, we accept him too. Will he still be accepted? Um, Or I'm really wondering how he's going to be received now with this right and you know what this is this i'm gonna bring this point up because i really want to because the next the next uh thing we talk about i want to talk about the tug of war the, the societal tug of war pretty much basically and uh bringing that point up would almost be unfair not to and it's not 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 unfair okay how do i put this we talk about we just talked about what little nas x is going through with coming out as a homosexual and the things that um, that particular community has to go through um, to try to get validation, to try to just be equal and have their rights in place. However, the tug of war is with some, how do I put this? And I wanted to bring this up because I read an article in the same week that I was seeing all this other stuff that kind of got me bothered a little bit. And I am in full support. Don't get me wrong. Um, it's my humble opinion. I'm in full support of the LGBTQ community and any other community to just be, you know, who you are. I think everyone has that right. However, I don't like 
where it's going when it begins to push past you just getting your rights and be okay with it and you start taking other people's rights. There's an article that I was reading about a 10-year-old girl in London and a young man who were kicked out of school because they did not want to partake in the 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 lesson plan, the LGBTQ community lesson plan that was, you know, now um, put put into the schools. And the young lady simply said, would it be okay if I did not, you know, I asked the teacher, can I be excused from this lesson? I do not want to protect. And the child was, you know, banned from school or put out of school and, you know, punished basically for not wanting to take part in that lesson because she said, she, you know, her religious background, she does not believe in that. Um, or the young man said that I believe. And then the, the young lady expressed that, hey, you know, before this came along, everyone knew who they were. Now everyone's confused and they don't know who they were. Like before these lessons came along, I was a girl because I was born a girl. But now I'm given a choice of whether I'm a girl or a boy. She's like, I don't understand that. I'm confused. She's like, it's also confusing because I was, you know, you knew who you were. And now all of a sudden we're getting lessons teaching us that out of choice, you know, like we don't have to be, who, you know, she's like, it's very confusing. I, you know, and I read that article and I actually threw it, a, threw it to a few friends of mine and challenged them to create some dialogue uh, and, and, and then some public discourse from there on that article. Because the article, when I read it, it is written from a Christian point of view. And so it's not written from from a journalistic angle of saying, like, let's get the facts and let's find out from this person, that person is written from the little girl's angle, which is fine, you know, uh, because I'm pretty sure there were other news articles and stories written not from, you know, from that girl's angle, but from the school's angle. And so meeting this issue in between, I'm looking at it and it's like, I'm infuriated because a child's education is being taken away in the other areas. So if I said I don't want to fully participate in science today, and then you tell me, well, for the next three days, four days or whatever, you can't do math, anything else or whatever, you know, that upsets me just in general, like playing politics with the child's education. I think the, the toxic part of this situation is Sometimes as heterosexuals, we come in trying to figure a way to be supportive to the LGBTQIA plus community and we overstep and we don't understand it. Every struggle, there has to be intersectionality, um, even in trying to fight oppression and trying to fight all the things that we go through as African-Americans. We understand that we also have to pick up allies and we have to check. Uh, bigotry at the door and within our own struggles in order to succeed. And so I don't know how well the LGBTQIA plus community does it because I have heard stories of racism and other things that exist within their community. But stories like this, when you're anti-tolerant, when you're not tolerant of someone's religious belief system, I think those are the times when it's not a good look for them. And so if, but then, like I said, sometimes I don't know if, if the person who suspended them was just a straight person who wants to look woke and wants to be the most supportive, or if it was a, you know, like, I don't know who suspended the kid, but I do, you know what I'm saying? Like, and what their motivation was behind it other than saying, 
this is a required curriculum, you have to do it. I don't believe that it should be personally. I don't believe that on any level, whether you're pushing straight, uh, you know, a, a straight agenda or a gay agenda or whatnot, I believe sexuality is always a optional, should always be an optional course in the yeah. public, in all public schools. Well, we had to get permission from our parents coming yeah. up in school to take sex education. You know, you had to give a permission slip for your child to partake in the sex education. So I feel like it's the same thing. Now with me, I, I have a simple, simple terms, but just really simple sentence that I think everybody should understand. You having rights should not take away my rights. Right. It it shouldn't be either or. I have no more right to take away your rights or to decide, oh, well, because you love someone of the same sex, you don't get to get married or you don't get to do this or that. I don't, I should not have the right to do that no more than you should have the right to say, oh, you better marry me, preacher, or we get to sue you. It, you know what I'm saying? You should not be able to take away my rights in order for you to have rights. It's not fair. You're doing the same thing. You, you know, you, you're putting the same oppressive behavior out there from your end. You know, the oppressed becomes the oppressor. You know, and I feel that no, I want you to have freedom but I don't want you to take away mine in the process. And I'm not saying that, that I should have the freedom to hate you or anything. I can't, you, you can't change. Laws can never change a person's heart and opinion. It just can't. You can put whatever laws you want in place, but if I don't agree with that, I'm just not going to agree with it. So you'll never change my point of view by changing laws. You just change the behavior that's legal and what's not legal. Okay, so we don't change people that way by forcing ourselves in, you know, and for me, that's just my my deal is that there are certain things that have to stay sacred, that have to stay, have the boundaries. And I don't think that we should have to hide behind the boundary of religion in order to get some rights. You know, um, I don't think that, well, I'm a Christian, so I should be covered. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I think this is my opinion and I should have it. As long as my opinion is not being proactive against you, if I'm just nonchalantly living my life and this is what I believe in my mind, then what you believe should not be allowed to allow to invade my space yeah. and force upon me. Now, I'm not doing anything that's going to cause you any pain. and I'm not trying to, I'm not out there protesting, trying to stop you from being able to have any rights. But don't be out there protesting, trying to stop me from having mine. And that's where I draw the line. Like, I'm very supportive, you know, um, heck, to be honest with you, up until probably about when I moved to it. And it's weird. When I moved to Atlanta, um, then, you know, my friend base changed. But before I moved to Atlanta, I'm going to really, really confidently say 90 percent. I mean, outside of my family, of course. 90 percent 90 to 95 percent of my friends were in the lgbtq community no lie yeah so that that is not even an issue for me and i'm not trying to be like some of my best friends are no like <laughs> literally i don't you know i'm not coming from a stance of ever having been homophobic you know what i'm saying or anything like that and but at the same time I don't like to see 
anybody's rights being pushed away. If you're a preacher, you shouldn't be sued because you don't want to marry a same-sex couple. You should have the right to 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 take that stance and they could go yeah. to someone who will marry them. And, and I, I definitely agree with that. I think the, the unique thing that shows the hypocrisy that we are, especially in American society. Now, I know the story was from London, but especially, let's just say in mainstream uh, these in mainstream colonized culture, we're very hypocritical because you don't see a lot of news stories written or a lot of people rising up against the Muslim population for their belief systems that may uh, contribute to anti, you know, like being an anti-gay view or something mm-hmm. of that nature. And I know Ellen, you know, wanted us a few, it was about a few months ago, she said, you know, this country, this country's king owns these hotels. Stop going to these hotels uh, because he has a, you know, he has homosexuality banned in this country. And so I do know that people talk about it, but I feel like Christianity gets the worst rap. Mm-hmm. However, I, I personally work with um, with a denomination. I'm not a part of the dom- denomination other than employment. But I work with a uh, a very open, somewhat open <laughs> denomination to the particular issue. And I get a chance to work with clergy and other individuals who are a part of the LGBTQIA plus community. And I feel like I've, I'm a better person as a result of it because now I have an understanding. Before I had a healthy uh, fear or a healthy uh thought I thought I knew something about it but until uh the privilege of distance uh was taken from me um I was truly wasn't woke to what it means to be a relational leader and to do things like Jesus did I can't change their pattern of behavior whether I agree or disagree but what I can do is love them uh regardless of of, of it and I think that's the part that we're missing here whether it's like the little Nas X or whether it's the idea that the story that I had shared with you, the 23% of black women now are, are identifying as bisexual, the distance, uh, the privilege of distance is gone from the majority of us now. And we need to find a way to, to, to love people and leave some of the fear and some of the things like people putting words in Jesus's mouth, we have to start, taking this anger and hatred that we have toward people in the homosexual community and start maybe placing it toward the people who are committing heresy and saying that religion, you know, like that Christianity says you should hate them or Christianity says this one, it doesn't. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, um, yeah, that's, that's good. I mean, sometimes it's so hard to have that honest conversation that, um, you know, it's okay that I support and that I'm all for you, but it's, but you know, it's not okay. I, I mean, I stand the ground and say, it's not okay for y'all to put all this derogatory stuff out there towards this young man or anybody like, but it's not okay for that little girl to get put out of school because she didn't want to learn that lesson. That's and her I guess, education. Yeah. You That's- know, I mean, at, at the end of the day, it's not okay that, a preacher get or that 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 bakery had to go out of business, you know, uh, and and got sued because he wouldn't make the same sex marriage cake. Yeah, no, you it, know, 
it's and it's it's a thing of that that's yeah it's just I, it's I, not you don't want your choice taken away it, nobody yeah. wants their choice taken away so it's not fair that my choice gets taken away so that you can have a choice when you have a choice that's the difference if i was the only baker in town you know what i'm saying then i can see you kind of like hey we really need a cake and you're the only baker in town but you can go down the street and find a baker that's more than willing to do it. He just lost that money. You know, he loses his money. He shouldn't have to, on a sale, he lost the money on a cake. That's all the baker should have lost. He shouldn't have lost his life. He shouldn't have lost his, you know, his his right to choose, you know, how he's going to run his business, you know. And so he shouldn't have had to compromise, be put in a position to compromise his religious beliefs and what he feels like. He, you know, that religious thing, that's not just man like that's people's life like they believe you know that god that they are pleasing the god that they serve with the actions that they live in life and what it will result in you know like you cannot put that on someone to say oh no you you know you don't you you need to worry about what i think not worry about whether you're going to go to heaven or hell or whether your god is going to be pleased with you you need to be worried about what I'm pleased with. That's just very unfair, you know, to put on people. But um, moving along, I'm I'm glad we we hit on that. That was you had some good points. Say, I always love talking to you, Drew. You having the best stuff to say. I'll do what I can do when I do it. You know? When you can do it, I'm not even sure if I want to go into the other uh, well, topic it, I was going to go into. I think like, I think it ties job. it ties in with bigotry. Yeah. 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 Oh, you know what? It does. Let's go on into that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, am I saying her name right? Is it Haley Haley Bailey? Is it okay? What's the baby's name? If is you know Holly the last Bailey? name is Bailey, so let's just stick with Miss Bailey. We're gonna stick with Bailey. Okay. Ariel. Okay. The Little Mermaid. They casted a black girl for the Little Mermaid, and Social media is lighting up like crazy, okay? <laughs> Listen, I'm exhausted, okay? Now, I'm going to be honest, and I might. This is my humble opinion, all right? You don't want to hear it? Then get your own humble opinion podcast. <laughs> I'm going to tell my humble opinion on this one, and I'm going to be honest with you. I love our people, and I feel like that sometimes we are under represented and different things of that nature however ariel has always been white with red hair i'm not understanding why she has to that's just my opinion now listen that's my opinion don't get mad at me (laughs) however i am very upset at what i'm seeing like now don't get me wrong because we as people will rise up and we will make memes and say all kinds of derogatory things and yada, yada, yada when it comes to other races. And it's okay for us to do it. But when we see it done back, it takes us back to slavery. It takes us back to discrim- you know, times when we were way more discriminated against. There's one Ariel that is like pitch black and she's, you know, leaning up on the rock on a, and not the rock. She's leaning up on a watermelon and she has a big old wide mouth full of teeth and, you know, just pretty much went back to the Piccaninny, um, you know, kind of look. 
how racist and horrible is that to see? Wow. Like, we don't want to see that, but we know it exists. I mean, look, we just, T.I. just had a whole thing on this, you know, who was it that Gucci with the black face and, you know, so listen, we know that that's there, it's out there, and they're very vocal since the orange man has been in office. They're very vocal with their racism or whatever. Um, my end of it, they're like, why does Ariel have to be black? I don't think she has to be, but I think we're entering, and that's, I think it's a problematic thing from the studio standpoint to cast Ariel as black if it's for the wrong reasons. Uh, because sometimes you can do something and you want to create a controversy. And I'll put you like this. If they recreate the Little Mermaid, what ultimately is going to happen is white dollars are going to go and support it as usual because it's, and it's not, you know, like the middle class who still go to the movies as their form of entertainment, they're going to support it regardless. And so sometimes you get a big entity like Disney and they, they come in and they say, okay, well, Black Panther had success because black dollars tend to be a surprise because they're usually in addition to white middle-class dollars. So from a marketing strategy standpoint, you only make Ariel black, not because you couldn't find a better white actress to fill the role. You make Ariel black because all these other movies have flopped or had minimal success. Let's add black dollars on top of it. And case in point, Aladdin. Aladdin's remake is it's not like something that stands out as like good, but there's a re they, they made their money because there's a following behind the idea that like let's make Aladdin will uh, let's make the genie Will Smith. Now that's Will Smith money, but in this case, you're not gonna get like a famous young black person to play it. But you do get a good young black actress who's who can fit the role. Yeah. And I think black people will show up and support it. And I think the middle class America will still show up and support it. And they're not losing any money here. They just added money. And they don't care about the brand. They care about the money. Now there's a whole bunch right. of aerial toys that are going to come out. There's a whole lot of all, you know what I'm saying? Like all this is going to be able to open up the marketplace to say, well, guess what? Black dollar, black people spend their money quicker than mm -hmm. any other group of people. So let's snatch some of that money. Let's snatch more yeah. of that money out of their hands. And so I think we as a people have to start being selective intentionally. Like we've mm -hmm. always been selective in general. But I think it's time for us to become selective intentionally and state things like we're good. We don't need a black area. We're saving our money. Thank I just want other people. It's like, why do we need that again? And, it, and I, I mean, I'm black, y'all. You know, like I'm black and black and black, black, y'all. You know what I'm saying? Like, but I don't understand it. I don't understand why we need Ariel to be black. I don't understand why Aladdin needed to be. I mean, I just. Hmm. Well, and I, I feel like you got you got this situation where it's not as so much it need like we are, and that's the sad part. We are still in an era though where the term needs to be is still a part of like the affirmative action language is now made its way into Hollywood 
And this is the frustration that a lot of like white executives went through in the 80s and 90s where they were like, why do I have to have a black uh, partner at my law firm? Why do I have to have a black executive? I only want what I want to hire. But the truth of the matter is we do need some of these. And I hate to reduce it down because this young lady could have earned the role over someone else. I don't know. But right. we do kind of need some of these, quote unquote, affirmative action uh, hires in Hollywood. But we don't need the controversy behind them. Sometimes we need to let something just hush and let it be. Oh, she's Ariel. No big deal. No, you know, no. Just let it go over. Like there's a, there's a young lady uh, who plays Starfire on Titans who received a ton of backlash. Well, DC did it under the radar. They didn't do it for anything big on the screen where they where DC was going to lose money, potentially. They did it for their little app, for a show that's going to be on the app. It got its little you know, controversy, and she's now in that role, and she does an excellent job. But Starfire was an orange character, who really could have been anything. And if you ask me, maybe should have been, if you were trying to match the orangeness, maybe the character probably would have been better as a Latino, if anything, to match the, the, the color. But it's, it's, it didn't really matter. She's doing the role well. And now all of a sudden it's easier for us to see some of our heroes. And, and there's a whole cosplay community that I think if you ever want to go deeper on this conversation, you got to talk to some cosplayers. Those are people who dress up. And Atlanta has a rich cosplay community who dress up like characters all the time. This mm-hmm. something that moves them to tears. Because when you go to a Comic-Con, and I've been to quite a few you know, here lately, it is really sad to see that as adults, Black people won't get, like, there will be their white counterparts won't play with them because they don't look authentic. And they miss out on competitions. Their team loses points because they're like, well, yeah, your Captain America outfit's pretty good, but, or your, you know what I'm saying, but because they're black. So, um, it, I, I saw one meme that ticked me off, and it was Jake Gyllenhaal or somebody in a Black Panther uniform was like, I can't wait for Black Panther 2. That kind of backhand racist comment is uh, those are the jokes that I want people to avoid and just grow up like to all of my right. white friends who may listen to this. Don't be okay with that type of ignorance. Know that there's a reason that we that people have to have Black History Month and Pride Month. It's because the systems of supremacy that still exist, you have to yes. If you don't come off of those systems of supremacy, and for all of my Christian counterparts who are white and they're just sitting back and being apathetic, you have to get off of that distance and get your hands dirty in this mess. Because truthfully, you're going to have to decolonize the gospel in order for you to receive it truly and really find out who, you know, like it, it is on so many different levels. It's just time out to, for apathy. And we need to support this young lady in this role, but we also need to know we don't need to be actively trying to take over things because Ariel was one that I didn't, be honest with you, she's a redhead, white girl, 
I'm okay with that. I think she should remain back. I just do. Yeah. That's what I feel. I, like you said, I think it's just, a, it, it comes down to, are we doing it for the right reasons? You know? And like you said, when you look at a big entity like the Disney, they, it's all about the dollar signs, whatever marketing, whatever, wherever we can get our money. But as far as us as the individual, you know, and we looking into this, you know, are we as black people like, yes, that's right. We need to be represented. You know, are the white people like, wait a minute, we're tired of our characters being, uh, blackwashed you know whatever like take our aerial back you know it's like we we really uh, personalize it because no one wants to be underrepresented and no one wants to be misrepresented but she's a mermaid so i don't think she represents any of our community she's not even human she's a fish so when it's all said and done leave earl with red hair we don't need her to represent but at the same time the a black girl did get the role like you said you don't know um did she just was the best out of everybody you know what i'm saying she got the role let's support her in it well here's my last comment on it i'm interested in trait right if you give me back a darker jesus i will gladly give you your aerial back if you know if 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 we could see that (laughs) oh black jesus (laughs) listen listen um Man, this has been a great conversation. I'm glad you uh, joined me today. Thank you so much. I'm back in the saddle. Hopefully, I'll get one again next week. I'll be get back on track. I've been missing in action from my people. They've been missing my opinion. But thank you, Drew, for joining me today. Oh. And uh, that's it for my humble opinion. You got anything to say? No, thank you for having me. All right. Well, that's it on our humble opinion. And see you again. Talk to y'all again next week.